Hello, everybody. My name is Lon Strohschein, former public company executive turned lifestyle engineer. One year ago, I left my job as a public company executive, and I left without a resume, without another job, without a Rolodex of clients. But I left anyway. I left believing that the best years of my life were in front of me and knowing that they weren't going to be found where I was standing. I left and my mission has become to inspire the lives of a thousand dudes, to inspire the dude I used to be, to go do the things they want to do. My job here is to give you courage to finally act. And it's to remind you that dude, at this stage in life, nobody shows up to do it for you, but I'm here and I'll travel that highway with you. Thanks for being here. Enjoy this episode. We'll see you along the normal 40 highway. on post-show ramble time you and i have just gotten off of a marathon session of content which i can't wait to unleash on the audience but the the cornerstone gem of said content was a conversation we just had uh with uh with a gentleman by the name of ron yes the ron and lon show which was somewhat of a tongue twister for me but uh if you've heard that episode already, um, you'll know what I'm talking about. If not, hit pause. There's some spoiler alerts. I don't want you to be spoiled. Um, Lon, Ron is walking the freaking Appalachian Trail. <laughs> that in and of itself is amazing. But the journey to get there and what he's experienced so far, man, like you talk about a guy who's embracing, you know, there. Uh, I used to work out a lot heavily back in the day, did a lot of CrossFit. And there's a CrossFit phrase people use. It's called embrace the suck right? Meaning something is going to suck. This workout is going to suck, but embrace it and love it. And Ron, to me, as he was talking, is the epitome of embrace the suck. Yeah, it sucks that he got laid off. Yeah, it sucks he's walking a lot. Yeah, it sucks he's by himself, but he's just embracing the ever-loving crap out of it. And there's something really inspiring about that. Oh, man, I couldn't agree more. You know, the Appalachian Trail is, you know, I, I didn't even appreciate this. So the guy reaches out for, you know, for those of you who haven't listened, this cat reaches out to me and he says, Hey, you've been inspiring. I've been following normal 40. I've been kind of lurking in the background. I'm sorry. I haven't really been engaging, but by the way, I left my job. Actually, my job left me and I decided that I was going to hike the Appalachian trail. Oh, and by the way, I'm 350 miles in and I'm like, what the heck? This is, there's more to this story. So I emailed him back and I said, well, let's, let's hop on a call and uh and have a ramble and that was the that was the podcast that that uh, you listened to last week but this guy you know what's so fascinating about him is he's not an endurance athlete this isn't a guy who who certainly um had spent years and years training for this he even says i'm not a hiker he i'm not a hiker he's 470 miles in to a journey on a hike a four he's on a 2200 mile hike and he's not a hiker and he just showed up and he shows up and it's like we talked about on the podcast, left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot. Um, and he's just absolutely inspiring to, to listen to him. And, and he doesn't know where this is going to end. You know, obviously he doesn't know, he knows where the trail is going to end. He doesn't know where the trail is going to lead the, the, um, uh, and, and he's leaning into it and, uh, and it's just absolutely fascinating. You know, it's funny. Um, you talk a lot about awkward conversations. I, I mean, the awkward conversation of a, you know, going home to your, your spouse, your loved one, your family and saying, Hey, 
you know, today at work, something happened, right? And explaining that, you know, the awkward conversation of I'm not happy, but then the sprinkle a little of, hey, I'm going to go hike the Appalachian Trail. I mean, that's got to be the most awkward of awkward conversations, because especially if you're not a hiker, there had to be some family members that looked at him all kinds of sideways when he when he unearthed that uh, that gem. Yeah. Hey, babe, I'm got to go find myself. Uh, can I be gone from April until October uh, by myself? Yeah. I mean, t- talk about talk about courage and understanding spouse, a supporting family, um, and, and just a commitment to doing it, doing it all, you know, not halfway, not halfway, a commitment to going all in and doing it all. And, uh, and that, that probably was an awkward conversation. He, you know, so many, I'm, I'm going back to the podcast, Adam, you and I have done, and there's so many parallels with this. He talked about his words. He talked about the awkward conversation that his friend and boss had came in and let him go. And he's like, I'm sorry, Ron, this is going to be, this is unfortunately a conversation um, that's going to be uncomfortable for us. And, and somebody who he admired, you know, had to, had to um, let him go. He talked about the awkward conversation. We talked about the trade, you know, we did an entire episode on awkward conversation. The whole mission we're talking about is the trade. We did a podcast called the trade. He talked about the fear and facing it and taking it head on and what it's like. Um, and you know, he talked about his marriage and the strength and her support. And he talked about the, uh, the curiosity he's got where he's going. These are all headlines of the podcast we put together. He was able, and this wasn't rehearsed. This wasn't planned. It's the first time I'd ever talked to him, but he kind of walked us through the entire progression of what our, what our season one of podcasts have been. And it was just absolutely fascinating to hear him living it from the Appalachian trail in his shoes. I just think it's great. The symbolism of you talk about the trade is hard. It's not easy. You have to make some tough choices. There, there's some tough things about the trade. And what's funny is he's literally doing one of the toughest things, not the trade, by the way, the actual physical challenge of walking the Appalachian trail. And I just love the symbolism of he's doing the hard thing, but he's actually doing the hard thing. And, and I asked him in the episode, and I was really curious throughout to ask him this is which, which part of this was more mental, was more challenging, the mental, the physical, and without hesitation, he says mental. And, and I'm here looking at him on camera like you were, and I'm thinking, this guy walked 400 and something miles. My Apple Watch told me I've walked four today. And he's over here telling me the hard part is the mental side of it. And, and he articulated it so wonderfully about the way that he's challenged his mind, the way he's challenged his brain, the way he's thinking about things differently. Um, and I just thought that was so telling is the symbolism of the trade is hard. And he literally is doing something hard. But to him, it's not the actual physical hard part, it's the mental hard part. And I, I think that just sums up a lot of what, you know, what this experience is like for people, uh, just in that symbolism there alone on, on doing the hard thing while doing the hard thing. Absolutely. Um, you know, we, we, you asked him the question, Adam, you said, so what is, you know, fast forward, what does success look like? What are you, what are you hoping to get here? And um, he said, I want to prove it's possible. And I'm like, God dang it. What a great, to some, that's going to be a weak answer to me. I'm like, that's beautiful. Goddamn right. It's possible. It's possible because you bought some shoes. It's possible because you did the research. 
It's possible because you had a conversation with your wife and family. It's possible because you saved well and you were preparing for this without knowing. It's possible because you drove to the trailhead and you started walking. God damn right it's possible. And I just, I think back to all the things that at some point in our life and all the people I talk to along the normal 40 highway are, are they, they make this something that maybe it's not possible for them, but they haven't bought the shoes. They haven't done the research. They haven't done the exploration and they haven't showed up to the trailhead. And it's like, it's never going to feel possible. You're never going to be confident that it's possible until you exert the courage of leaning into seeing what might you might be capable of. And, uh, and so it was just so awesome, his answer. And then his second question is, I'm trying to figure out who am I? In, in normal 40 language, it's what's my legacy? What am I really, what, is, what are the things I'm really going to be remembered for? And, and these are my words, not his, but he's saying, I'm not going to be remembered for being a, a director at my company. I'm not going to be remembered for the hours I put in. I'm not going to be remembered for the overtime I didn't get paid for. I'm probably not even really going to be remembered in 20 years from now, the big projects I worked on. But I bet, I bet, I, I would bet everything that the things that he's working on right now, the experiences that he's having on the Appalachian Trail, that's the shit he's going to talk about for the rest of his life. That's the stuff that he is going to be remembered for after he's gone. The stories that he's getting, and he, he probably can't even appreciate yet how it is going to influence the rest of his life. Left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot because he's got the courage to do that and he's leaning into it, it's, it's, it's going to be the thing that starts, it, it'll be the, the stone. When you talk about his legacy, he's just found the stone and he's just started to carve in there what it's going to be. I don't know what it's going to be. He probably doesn't either, but he's on his path to finding his mission. And I just am so inspired by that because he's telling everybody's story. He's telling, if, you, if you're hearing Adam and I's voice, he just told your story. Foreshadowing a little bit. I know something you and I have been cooking up as we, we think about future episodes and seasons of the podcast here is a concept you call, uh, I think it's the six D's um, and how those kind of drive your life. And one of them, I believe is downsize, right? Or something along those lines. Yeah. And, 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 and you'll get into more of that later, but I, I thought it was interesting when I asked the question, you know, if, if you don't have that conversation, where are you today? And without hesitation, he's in the exact same spot. And, you know, sometimes you, you, people, you know, need that, that, that spark, that thing that, you know, that impetus to make that change. And I think it's so telling how he took what admittedly is a negative situation. It is in a lot of people's lives. It's the very worst day of their life, right? Like it's the worst news you can get for a, a significant amount of time. And he took that worst news and immediately in my words here, armored up and said, I'm protecting me now. Let me go take care of me next. He, I think he said something along the lines of like, I don't need to talk to HR. I don't need to appeal the decision. I'm in charge of me. They're not in charge of me. And the the fortitude and the grace to turn what is probably the worst day of somebody's life inst instantaneously just snap and know that this is the next day of the rest of your life. That's powerful, man. That's a mental strength. That's a self-actualization that is damn impressive for somebody to have. It's a choice. He made the choice to view it that way. And, and I'm so glad you're, you're bringing this up. It, um, it's exactly right. You know, we, 
when we go through our 30s and 40s, we we tend to we certainly chase some things. You know, we go for maybe we apply for a, a job at another company. But by and large, I've learned that most most of the good things that happen along the way are things that find you. Now they find you for because you're good and you they find you because you're competent and you put in the hours and you build this you build this story, this brand of yourself, you build this image. So it's goodness. It's it's not to detract from that. But it's somewhere in your 40s, and certainly as you close in on 50s, the number of people who show up and offer you things goes, they don't, they don't show up as much anymore. And so what, what you start to do is you start to get this self-doubt and you start to think, well, geez, maybe, maybe I'm not as good as I thought I was. Or then maybe you actually apply for a job and you don't get it. And then it's like, holy shit, I'm really not. I'm, I really better stay here, man. I'm lucky to have this. And this is this whole downward spiral. Um, it, it kind of ends typically in one of these six days kind of come around to shock you out of it. And uh, I, I'll rattle off the six D's and we're going to do a whole show around it, but something happens along the way when you get to that point. And, and there's a number of ways you can wake up. One, you'll go through a divorce. That'll wake your ass up. That's one of the D's. Two, you start, it'll be a Tuesday night. You'll be home. Your wife will be in the bedroom watching TV in bed and you'll be sitting on the couch watching a mindless show, drinking a bourbon. And you're doing that to self-medicate. Drinking is another D. You're going to go through a downsizing. And this is, there's two downsizings. There's the downsizing that Ron went through, the downsizing of a job, but then there's the downsizing of a house where your kids start to leave home and you start to look at the rest of your life through a different lens. When the number of heads in your house are, are done going up and they start to go down, that is a downsizing that'll wake you up. A death in your family, um, that can wake you up. Uh, and, and you and I, Adam, we've rambled about that and that can have a profound impact. Um, and there can be a disaster and a disaster is kind of a catch, a catch all to just something that totally rattles you. And the last one is you can decide. Uh, um, um, you can decide. There's one more. Sorry. Uh, the disaster is a diagnosis, a medical diagnosis, uh, a medical diagnosis. Hey, I'm sorry. Maybe, you, you know, you in talking to your doctor, you going through a routine checkup and all of a sudden the conversation shifts and the mood and the room changes. Your life flashes in front of you and the diagnosis can change your life. And then the last one is to decide. And those are the six D's. And at some point, you know, um, we all go through them. We all go through them. And what we try to tell people is just, just decide, just decide and decide ironically is the hardest one because it's not a forcing, it's not forcing you a diagnosis, a divorce, disaster, a death, drinking, um, those things all force your hand, but you can decide before that gets there. But man, that is hard to do. Well, either way, I'm, I'm glad it brought us an opportunity to chat with Ron, uh, because uh, the thing I like most about doing the show, Lon, is uh, you, you say it all the time, but there's some interesting cats that show up sometimes. And and one of the things that just excites me about this show is, is that I love talking to interesting people about interesting topics. And and man, Ron is is certainly taking the mantle for the month of May so far for me in terms of interesting cats I've talked to, because you, you don't you don't hear that kind of story all the time. So I'm I'm really I'd also like to give him a little props too, right? Because it, it's it's not easy to turn on a microphone or, or hop into a Zoom call and and know you're being recorded and that this is going to be shared with the world, right? You're you're talking vulnerabilities, you're talking secrets, you're talking fears, you're talking anxieties, you're talking some of the worst things that maybe you've, you've experienced and the openly share that with the world. I don't think people understand 
how much strength that takes. And so I really want to give Ron a, 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 a pat on the back from afar. I'm, I'm nowhere near the Appalachian Trail, nor will I be for the next six months. But I want to give him a metaphorical pat on the back for just giving us the opportunity to hear his story. Can you imagine if the, the legacy of this podcast, Adam, is that we get dudes to tell their story and that we can maybe influence an entire generation of dudes to have some comfort in knowing one, they're not alone. What they're going through is normal that these feelings of self doubt and having so much, but yet feeling like you don't have what you want is normal. And, and, you know, you and I tried for 20 episodes to do that alone. And, and, and it's, it's like, we're now getting, we're getting this engagement from people who are, who are willing to show up and tell their story too. Uh, the story of me can only go so far, but when we can find Ron, and by the way, um, we've talked to Davey and we've talked to Jeff and they, those, those, those conversations don't hit everyone, but we have them so that maybe they hit someone. And the same is true for Ron. There's another conversation um, I had earlier today with a cat named Joe. And if Joe lets us share his story on this podcast, it'll be, it will blow your mind that this guy, um, I, I kind of want to say more about it, but I'm not going to, he'll, he'll blow your mind. And if we get to tell that story, it'll be a podcast you just don't want to miss, but more and more and more and more and more. This is my point. Dudes are saying normal 40 used to be something I had to avoid. It had to be something I had to just not even let anybody know I'm there, but maybe, maybe we're kind of starting to demonstrate, not us, dudes are starting to demonstrate that it's okay to talk about this stuff. It's okay to, to be, to, to tell your story. And we go back to the, the old adage, you know, be a, I talk about being a, um, a guy to guard a lantern and a key. And for so many guys, it's so much, it's so helpful when there are other lanterns and other guides along this pale to, and you know, how, how appropriate for Ron to light the path, light the path and show everyone else that it's okay, what's possible. And it's so freeing. I hope that people listen to that and go, God damn it, that guy told you a story. Maybe someday I can tell mine. It doesn't have to be today or tomorrow, but I'm going to reach out to Adam and I'm going to reach out to Lon. I'm going to send an email and I'm going to see if I can just get on, I'm going to do a free ramble with these guys. I'm just going to see what happens. Man, that is exactly what we want this podcast to do. Yeah, I, I just think it's it's really cool. Um, you know, you're, you're kind of building a community, right, of people who have some of the similar experiences. And, and to your point, you know, the, the first guy through the wall always gets bloodied, right? That's the old saying. And our, my hope is that by, by you and I, and extension, some of the folks you've had on before, have kind of paved that way for people to have that courage, have the strength to say, I want to share my story too. I want to offer my perspective as well. I want to be a part of this conversation. Um, and again, we welcome all of that here on, on the pod. It's less work for us, Lon, right? We just gonna sit here and ask the tough questions. Uh, but, but I think it's the most impact we can have for people sometimes. And, and like you said, everyone's story is different. Some stories may not resonate with you like others will. Some people you'll be able to see and, and feel parallels to your own story, your own life. But it's it's awesome, um, and it's inspiring to hear people who are doing something really really cool and who are showing a strength that is super admirable. 
and you talk about dudes to know and dudes in corners. It's, it's great. Every time you feel like you turn around every week and there's, there's another dude in your corner, just based on what you're hearing here. And I think, yeah, that's, that's the the lasting takeaway I, I have so far of this, uh, of this experience for me is, is so many dudes in our corners and, uh, and, and the amount of dudes whose corners were not yet in and how do we get there? I think that's the, that's the normal 40 podcast challenge to jour in the future. You've heard me talk about the normal 40 and how it's kind of a big accident. I, I've, I've grown to love the phrase. If you'd have told me a year ago, I mean, just think about that. I think I, I start so many, I start so many stories, not stories. I tell my life story with that sentence. So often, if you'd have told me a year ago, that I would be the dude on the internet that people like Ron show up to, to pour their heart out to and share their story and be vulnerable with in the hopes that maybe, just maybe I can help them or they can help someone else change their life and improve it and do things that they want to be known for in, in, a, in, a, in the legacy phase of their life. If you would have told me one year ago that I am that dude on the internet, I've told you, I would have told you you're crazy. And I find that every time a dude gets on mission. Every time they kind of get this little niche going and they're leaning into it and they're getting this power and they're feeling energy, they all start the story the same way. If you'd have told me a year ago, I bet you could, I bet in your life, in your last year, you've used that phrase, Adam. If you'd have told me a year ago that I'd meet some dude in South Dakota and that we'd be doing a podcast that's got thousands of listeners and it's going to be talking about dudes and feelings and how hard middle life is, I'd tell you you're crazy. I bet you've said that. Not in those words, but yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just the, the construct of how we were here. Yeah, it was not something that I was planning on a year ago. No, not even close. And I just think that that is, that's, when you hear that, when you hear that, enter, that entrance, if you'd have told me a year ago, you're going to hear something that is kind of awesome. That's, that's, that's the only thing. And by the way, Ron said that. Ron said that. Um, if he didn't say a year ago, but he said, if you'd have told me that I'd be 400 miles into a hike, uh, just, just a few months ago, I'd have, I'd have thought you were crazy, but I, you know, he decided this was his time. And, uh, and I think that's awesome. You know, I got to tell you what was for, I'll ask you a question and then I'll answer it or maybe I'll answer it since, and I'll give you some time to think about it, but the, probably the very, the most impactful moment in that entire conversation, um, we, we asked him when you, when you finally get to the end of the trail and you're on mile 2,189 of 2,190 and you can see your wife in the distance and you're just going left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot. And it's going a little faster and a little faster. And the emotion is starting to wear over. What are you going to leave behind? And what are you going to take with you from the trail? And he said what he was going to leave behind is low self-esteem and self-doubt. And I just couldn't have been more inspired by that as, as what he already knows he's going to leave behind, God damn it. He's going to leave it behind. And what he's going to take with him is a self-reliance and a sense and self and a bet on self. And to know that the trade he made, the trade he made, the trade he made, instead of making money right now, the trade he made 
for taking money out of retirement and converting it into this experience is something that he is going to take with him and live with proudly. I mean, those comments were just mind-blowingly decent, inspiring, and I kind of wanted to just hang out with Ron after he said that. That to me, dude, was the was the most inspirational, awesome part of that podcast. Yeah, I, I thought for me it was he he talked about um, you know, taking, you know, a step at a time how he had fallen a few times literally to his knees and gotten back up and kept moving. And then he mentioned kind of in passing and shame on me for not following up on this. Cause there's probably a better story here than we got. I think he almost stepped on a rattlesnake. He said, um, and, and, but didn't, I need more details on that because I feel like there's a good story behind that, but that's just a great metaphor for you're going to fall down. You're going to make a mistake. Something bad is going to happen and you're going to get back up. And I look at the snake as a metaphor of there's going to be maybe things or maybe people in your way that aren't on the same path as you that are that are out for destruction in some way, shape or form and sidestep those landmines, man, and keep moving. You know, he could have certainly said, whoa, there's a snake there and backed up and kept moving backwards and and been reluctant to cross that threshold. But he kept his head down. He kept his eyes out for those and he kept focused on his mission. And I thought that metaphor of I've fallen but I've gotten back up and I've seen things in my path that could have derailed me. I walked over them and I just kept going. I think that if you can do that in life in general, I think it's such a powerful philosophy. Um, and yeah, it, that was impressive. That for me was the best, um, most impactful takeaway from the conversation. And I love it. Hey, can I ask you a question that's kind of along these lines, but different? Where do you hope Let me set it up a little bit different. I view, I value you, um, and I consider you a dude who's on my personal board of directors. You're a guy who showed up. You're a guy I admire. Um, I appreciate that you give, you're so giving of your time to to do this podcast. And I really, while there isn't um, a wall of, that I have hanging that's like, Here's my board of directors, dude. You're on it. You are in, and I I value where you see normal forty going because your your DNA is all over it now. Um, and I'm curious to know, not the podcast, but normal forty. Where do you think it will be? Where do you think it will be in a year from now? Ooh. Oh man, running the Lawn Shine business plan was not on my bingo card today, but here's where I think you and Norma 40 can have the most impact. I think you're you're touching and reaching so many people kind of in a one-on-one basis through the rambles. I think the LinkedIn content has offered you some reach there. I, I hope the podcast has offered you reach there. I want to see some offshoot of Norma 40, if that's you, if that's, you know, somebody else I, I don't i don't know i think there's such power in in person meetings and seminars i'd love to see you talking to a group of you know c suite executives in a company talking about normal 40 and the way that they can learn how to best help their employees their associates be on mission and how they can best create programs that allow them to have 
you know, some, some of the most inspired and engaged leaders out there. I think there's such an opportunity for, for this content to get into the, into the, into the workforce, into the, into the workspace, into some leaders heads to get back and, and drive meaningful change. You talk about being a lantern, right, man, like, if you're in a company, no powerful lantern than the C-suite, right? Who now all has this, this same frame of mind and can, and can lead a culture. One of the things you posted on LinkedIn that I will never forget is you said some, I'll paraphrase, but I, I remember the ending of it is every company talks about their culture, right? I don't care what company you start on, what company you work for on day one, you get all the materials, you watch the orientation videos, you read the handbook, and they tell you, we're the best company ever. People first. You know, we care about our team, whatever whatever nomenclature they use. And by day three, you're like, yeah, all that was bullshit, right? And we all kind of realize it and keep it moving. And you said something along the lines of, if you, you know, fancy yourself as a company that has a strong culture and you want to know if you have a strong culture, don't do these anonymous employee surveys. Go talk to people's spouses. Go talk to their kids. Go talk to their loved ones and find out what kind of culture you really have. And I think if you find ways to make the leaders of companies lanterns to allow them to shift their culture, that when you went and asked the spouses, you would hear, love this place, best company, so glad my husband works there. My dad's never been happier. Man, that to me would, I don't know if they have any room on Mount Rushmore, but I would simply um, uh, submit an application to have your face etched upon the side or some sort of a picture in picture of that particular uh, uh, mural, I guess I'll call it. I would love that. I mean, oh, hold on, not Mount Rushmore. I'm just a dude. I would love, <laughs> I would love to share that message. And I mean it, I, you're exactly right. You're remembering it exactly right. Um, we've all worked for companies. We've all done the anonymous surveys. You know, we've wondered if they really know who we are and blah, blah, blah. But if you really want to know what your company culture is, talk to your employees, spouses, they'll tell you, they will, they know because all they have to do is answer two questions. Were they able to be home for dinner? And what was their mood around the dinner table? Those are the only two questions you got to ask a spouse. And then you'll know what your culture is. And, and I, I truly believe that. And I don't know of a single company that's ever done it but I'd love to cast that message. I get, I get asked by people. Uh, I used to not so much anymore, but I used to get asked, you know, how are you going to monetize this? I got that figured out. I don't, I it's happening. It's happening more than I really even thought possible. But one of the things um, they would, I would, I tell people, I would tell people, I would love, love to go to a C-suite and talk about everything I've learned about the exact people in that room and the people who work for them. Because the people who come to me are usually the C-suite people or one level below. They're the high-performing, higher-paid, higher-compensated, high-achieving leaders. I mean, that, that isn't necessarily, that isn't what I'm going for. That's not, the, that's not exclusive. That tends to be who shows up. What do we talk about? How they're feeling. How are they feeling? They're feeling abandoned. They're feeling ignored. They're feeling lifeless. They're feeling controlled. They're feeling abandoned. They're feeling lonely. They're feeling all these things. And I'm like, if I could, if I could build a platform to go in and talk to companies about how to fix that, it would be absolutely fascinating and fun. And, and one more thing I'll say, um, you know, it's hard for me to stand up in front of a group. It, it would be hard for a company to hire me. I'll say two things. Sorry. I don't allow companies to hire me to do coaching. 
Because if I, if, if a company hires me to coach Adam, then I've got a coach to the company and I'm not that guy. I'm not a corporate coach. I want to be Adam's coach. And if Adam doesn't want to be his company, then son of a bitch, we're going to figure out what we're going to do about it. And I don't want to have to feel any guilt. I don't want to feel. So that's, that's my message. And if my message is go do what makes you happy, it's kind of hard to, for a company to hire me to tell their employees, go do what makes you happy. But I maintain that the first company that says, Hey, I'm going to hire Lon and he's going to come in and give a message about finding what makes you really tick and chasing it. And maybe that's not even in this company. That company in the long game is going to be the company that everybody wants to work for. When that company shows up and it's your year 12 in your company or whatever, and you want to go do something else and they help you do it, they promote you into another company if that's what it is, because they care about you, man, you wait for the applications to come into a company like that. You'll have such a backlog of employees begging to work for a leadership team like that. I think it's the long game. What CEO is going to put a 10-year commitment on something like that? I don't know, but I believe they're out there. So I think that the, 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 audience, of peop, the audience of CEOs who could tolerate my message is small, but the audience of CEOs who can tolerate my message is the audience of CEOs who are going to eventually have the pick of the crop, the employees who want to work in a company like that. Here, here. I mean, yeah, again, I've, I've lived it in organizations I've worked for, right? And I've seen um, disengaged workers and, and you, you wonder to yourself, does it have to be this way, right? And it, it doesn't. It's going to take some, some cojones, if you will, from a leader to, to be willing to, to be that, uh, you know, uh, progressive, if you will, from a, that standpoint. But I think there's parallels of messages that you could take across different groups of individuals and uh, and share those far and wide. Again, I think your reach here has been fantastic, but I think when if you go and and help to you know be a part of a transformation of an organization of a company, that that permeates down so many levels because not only are you getting the employee, you're getting their their coworker, you're getting their spouse, you're getting their friends, you're getting their neighbors, and if you talk about a funnel, right? I mean that is just an opportunity for you to to just spread your message far and wide and and. If I were charting the normal 40 business plan and the, um, I had a boss who I did not like, by the way, but he had one phrase he said all the time, he used to call something a, a BHAG, which was a big, hairy, ambiguous goal, right? That would be my BHAG for you is get you in front of an auditorium full of, of leaders at an industry conference, teaching CEOs and C-suite executives about things they can do to engage their workforce better. Well, let's do that. All I need is someone to hire me. I'll say yes. Fun. I'll do the I, first one for I'll, free. How about that? Wow. I'll ask around for you. How's that? Um, I want to bounce something off of you. I, um, you know this. I went away probably two months ago, and I finished my book. Um, I'd been working on it for about four months, and uh, six weeks ago, I went away. And I wrote a book that if I'm being honest, I'm really proud of. And it's one thing to get done writing a book that you've written by yourself and for yourself and feel good about it. And then you got to do this really awkward thing and you got to let somebody else read it. And um, I let my publisher read it and my wife read it. Actually, she hasn't read the whole thing yet, which is kind of crazy, uh, but she's, she's, she's in part of it. She wrote part of it. And, um, and I gave it to my publisher and 
Jeremy, my publisher is like, this book is done, man. You need to have, just go find some people to share it with. So I picked about 50 people who I don't know. And in fact, I only have ever met in person, two of them. And I shared it with them. So these aren't my friends. These aren't my family. These are people who just show up to normal 40. Um, they don't know me. They, they just are on mission. They're, 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 they're searching. And the feedback I got, I am getting is emotional. It's because my book was emotional and it's emotional for me to hear how it's resonated with them. And I went from thinking that maybe this is a book that my kids remember me for to, Hey, maybe this is a book that can be an Amazon bestseller to now I'm thinking maybe this is a book, maybe just maybe this is a book that inspires a movement. And I'm, I want to believe that maybe, just maybe this little book can, can do great things. It can, it can set a tone. It can set a message. It can create a dialogue. And I want to think stupid big. I want to think stupid big about how this book can impact a generation. And, and I know how audacious that sounds. You just talked about BHAGs and I know how audacious that sounds, but damn it. Why not? Why not? I just, I, so look, I guess maybe this is a plea on one hand. I would love feedback from people. I'm going to share the testimonials of, of what people have said about the book. And I hope um, in June to release the book, but my dream for that book, I don't want to be an Amazon bestseller. I want to be a New York times bestseller. Not for me, not for me. I want to be a New York Times bestseller because this is the story, goddammit, that needs to be told. And if I can create enough people who show up for this podcast and enough people from Normal 40 to show up and say, I'll buy that book. I'll buy that book on a very specific day because that's, there's a politics here. That's what has to happen to hit the New York Times bestseller. But when you do, the New York Times keeps it one, you know, because then the momentum kicks in. But it takes organization to do the first day. I keep... What keeps, what am I dreaming about? What's my big, hairy, audacious goal? I want that son of a bitch to be on the New York Times bestseller. I want the trade. I want to walk through an airport and have breakdown in tears when I see my book impacting someone's life. Now I'm getting emotional. Shit. So I've read uh, about halfway through. You sent me an advanced copy. I had a flight recently. I'm about halfway through. And, uh, it was, it was to be in some transparency. I, I obviously, I know a lot of the story I've, I've, you and I've talked about some of the stuff. So I, I kind of knew the content and I still found myself um, hooked and reading chapter word for word, even though I kind of already knew sort of what it was going to be about. Right. Um, and I thought that was, that was the, the mark of being interesting. The only reason I stopped reading it actually is because you emailed me a challenge to do something else. And I couldn't not think about that challenge. So I stopped reading to, to work on uh, what you and I talked about the other day, but it, it, it resonates, man. I, I've told you that from day one. Um, and it's so funny now that I get to be a little bit in your orbit, right? Um, I hear what people say to you. And I'm like, I said the same thing. So damn it. <laughs> like I, here, I thought I was Mr. Original. I was like, he's never heard anyone say this before. And literally everybody says to you, dude, you were in my head, dude. I don't know how you started my algorithm, dude. I'm not even connected to you on LinkedIn. And I'm like, damn it. I thought I had any original material and everybody says the same thing. But I think that's just indicative of that's the, that's the audience 
those are the people that are, 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 I don't know what the words, you know, shouting quietly that they need this type of information. They need this type of content. They need this type of support. Um, and I think you see it and hear it every day. And sure, it may be a little anecdotal at times, but I think on the macro, I mean, while that sure, certainly anytime you write a book, I don't know how many books are out and available at any one given moment in time, but I imagine the mathematical equation to be one of the top 10 is probably pretty minuscule, but why the hell not, man? You know, why, why the hell not? I'm, I'm a sports fan. I like a lot of sports. And one of the things that you always hear sports teams talk about when they're the underdog is why not us? Why not us? We've got the tools. We've got the talented players. We've got the scheme. We've got the system. Why not us? I'd ask you the same question. Why not you? You never know. You never know. It's what I find myself dreaming about now, man. I want to go for it. And I'm going to need everybody. I'm going to need your help, Adam. And I'm going to need everybody who's ever read a post that said, well, that's really helpful to me right now to show up and buy the book. I'm being honest, actually, Lon. Well, it's just you and I rambling here. I was really reading to see if I made the book anywhere. I was trying to see if my name appeared. The podcast was there. Do I get it? Was there any cost? So don't spoil it for me yet. I'm halfway through. But I'm, I'm, I'm as the podcast mentioned, as Adam in there at all, I'm just waiting to see if I made the book. But no, I, I look, I think, I think you'll be surprised by how many people want to read this book. And I think you'll be surprised by how many people will send you one of those notes that you're looking for and say, this one was different. I think you'll be surprised. I love it, man. Well, I'm going to share every note with you. Um, and I tell everybody, my, this isn't a financial goal for me. My goal with the book is, to, is that it earns me 1,000 notes of thanks for, hey, you changed my life 1% or 100%. Um, and that's, that is what motivates me. And, uh, and every time I get one, I stop, I read it, and I give it my thanks. Because this is what I've been prepared to do. This is on mission. This is a proper ramble is what it is. Indeed. Not anymore. Hit the tower. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to another podcast, uh, Normal 40 Podcast with Adam and Lon. We loved having you guys here. This was just another, another episode of a couple dudes rambling. Hey, look, there's a few places that you can find me. One, you can join us here every week on our podcast. And if you love it, do me a favor, share it with someone, share it with one person you think could need it and say, Hey, you're going to want to check these cats out. That's the only way we can grow our audience. And we appreciate it to normal40.com. There's a few things I do there. Not the least of which is you can sign up for normal 40, the rambler. It's a free newsletter, or you can sign up for my off LinkedIn community that, uh, that dudes show up there who are ready to finally engage and take some action. And lastly, you can join me in LinkedIn. I show up there almost every morning and we do what we do best there. And that is inspire change. My mission is to inspire change in a thousand lives. And I'm going to do that one person at a time. And I'm going to know I'm there when I have a thousand notes of thanks. Everyone, thanks for being here. I'm going to see you a little bit further down the normal 40 highway.